blend being usurped by Simone Sheree <laughs> <laughs> for today. Ridiculous. And I'm with a host saying name. Oh, Ricardo D. What's that? Am I a today? I'm, I'm Ricardo D. Rice. <laughs> and guess. Erica Wright. That just felt really weird. Like, I don't right. Know. That's when it got weird. I was fine until we got to that point. So I'm telling you. Okay, well I'm on the other side today, so I feel empowered. So let's go. Let's, let's yeah. Get so Ricardo's on the other side for anybody who just who just joined um, while we're streaming live. I am hosting the show today, so we're gonna cover everything that is been on the news and that's been on my mind today. And we're gonna get everybody's opinion. And Ricardo's already agreed that he will be full and honest. Oh wait a minute. Wait a minute. No no no. Because mm. I know you. You like I feel, when you said that you set me up. Cause see. <laughs> She asked me for we want bread. Oh, so you know you you seem really opinionated today. Yeah, because I don't have to moderate today. I can actually just be. She's like, oh, so so I can ask you all kinds of questions. Wait a minute, what you not about to do? Set me up. So so here's my thing. I can I can still plead the fifth. Listen, no, you cannot plead the fifth. Yeah, now, I'm you still. Can, you got to diplomatically. Here's the thing. I don't want anyone to get in trouble with their places of employment, children, or with the IBS <laughs> Radio Network, who, by the way, are not responsible for any of our opinions or comments. Yes, for a disclaimer. Okay, for disclaimer. Okay. Nobody is responsible, right? <laughs> but I think it's very good to just give your full opinion and to make sure that we don't miss something that's incredibly critical. Fine, but I, but okay. I still can plead the fifth. I don't care what you're saying. <laughs> so, I can still plead the fifth. <laughs> so getting back into uh, to your president here. So President oh, Trump. Oh, so now you're my president. Yes, we Aren't talked you about. Republican? I was. So, oh, wait, wait, wait a minute. Hold on. We've talked about this before. I'm not going to go into depth. I'm independent as of 2016, as of May 2016, independent. Oh, okay. Right. Totally independent. I have my opinions on, on both sides. But um, getting back to the transgender military ban, uh, national defense is kind of a, it's a very important issue, period. But I feel like it's probably something you'll see the least amount of headlines about, especially right now. Like you hear a lot about the trade war when it comes to, to foreign events, but you don't necessarily hear about national defense. And so when Trump announced that he wanted to officially kind of ban transgender people from being in the military, obviously a lot of people were very upset about it. He cited like body dysmorphia and the potential cost of um, the potential cost of health services for transgender troops as a reason for doing it. Um, and other people also kind of cited morale, and they really believed that it was important that culturally um, within the military that everyone was kind of on the same page and whether or not it'd be a distraction to have transgender troops. Well, a federal judge has actually blocked the order um, that President Trump initiated so that transgender individuals can serve in the U.S. military. There's estimated to be between 6,000 and 11,000 people who are active or reserve um, in the U.S. military that are now being allowed to join. So it's basically like going back to the rules under the Obama administration, which was, you know, when he got rid of Don't Ask, Don't Tell, that was a big landmark historic time. So Actually, what do we think about? What's your thoughts? Well, um, I think anyone who signed up to serve this country um, deserve to do it the way that they see fit. Um, I think the world is definitely <clears throat> changing, and I think we have to um, actually look at people's views because believe me, if I can lay down and go to sleep at night and rest well knowing that someone is protecting me, whether she Facts. he or she wears a skirt or a tie, it does not matter to me. Right. I think we're too involved in people's uh, personal space and lives when it yes. comes to that. I think we're dictating how people should live their lives. I'm actually going to take the adverse on this one, which okay. I didn't think I was going to until you said why he felt that way. Because I remember there was an episode I watched of Orange is the New Black. Um where Laverne's Cox character, which is transgendered and was in a female prison, uh, was in need of a lot of medication that they could not get her because it was the confines of the prison uh, medication thing. And I was like, huh. So to think about that, that is a point. Cause I, but we're spending money for a wall. 
if he can get it. But I'm just saying. Now, if he I can, mean, get, now we, if he can we, get his wall. We spend money on what we want to spend money on. That's all I'm saying. No, that's true too. But what was the other point? You said it was the money thing, and there was, it was money. Else. There was something about culture. So there was a pre- and there was a previous uh, Secretary of Defense who did say that he believed that in general, act as far as the military goes, and he was really talking about the army. That he does believe that culturally speaking, it was a distraction. That there were transgender service members. That that could pose a distraction for the same reason people used to argue in favor of don't ask, don't tell. They were like, we need our troops to be focused. There are lots of biases and et cetera that exist within our culture, but in this one area, we really can't, you know afford to risk our national security in lieu of diversity training. We really just need to make sure that they can do their jobs. And and that was that was kind of the argument. And it was... I think you get into branches. Have you been in the military? No. I don't know why I thought you were in the military. Um, I think you get into branches, too. Like, there are certain levels of camaraderie in the different branches. I've seen it, and I've heard my friends talk about it. Like, the Army does things one way. The Air Force mm-hmm. does things another way. Um, I don't know. I... I I'm kind of on the fence on that one. I didn't think I would be until you presented the size of that. Like, yeah. that, that is military, something to think about. Because even, because I have a family member like that who was actually transgendered. And, you know, we talk from time to time. And I've really been curious to really have a conversation with him. Because I'm like, you, you know, you live half your life in a body. And then mm-hmm. you change out that body. Like, there's a lot. I notice there has to be a lot that goes with that. Like, I, and there's so much we don't understand on the outside looking in from people right. who are changing genders. I think that is a whole nother sector that would have to be dissected before we say, hey, you guys, we, we, you're well, welcome we're still, in. We're still living in a culture where we have to continue to have conversations centered around race, religion, and all of the different things that are coming into the forefront when we are gradually growing into a different world. Literally. So why not have that still conversation? And if that's something that needs to talk about, because right now we're talking about race. We're talking about the hatred that's going on. So if that's another conversation we need to bring to the table. If, if it's in each branch of government, when we're talking about Army, Navy, or whatever, mm-hmm. why not at least have the conversation before we just say, check off, we're not going to do this, and check off, we're not going to do that. Yeah, so the, I'll give a little bit of background, too, just, just so everybody kind of understands what the history is. So this is the U.S. District Court that uh, that basically knocked down this ruling. So Judge Colleen Collar Cottley basically said that there was not enough evidence that, uh, you know, the that the military was being threatened or that there's any harm posed by transgender troops. So they essentially said that we can't have a ban on something without evidence. Just like most most court cases work, whether it's criminal, whether it's civil, you have to have proof of harm. So you have to have proof that something was done wrong and there, I guess, just wasn't enough evidence that something was. But the Defense Department, basically, um, they initiated the survey earlier this year. This is a couple months after Trump made this announcement. And they said that they surveyed over 10,000 active duty military members and a majority of them do believe the transgender individual should not be allowed to serve. Um, they talked about uh, the potential for a tre- tremendous excuse me, medical cost. They talked about disruption. Um, and this is about serving in any capacity, mind you. So it's not even a question of what branch they should be in. This is a ban on any transgender person serving in the military. It doesn't specify whether or not they are pre Op, post op, considering yeah, see, like, stuff like that. Like, it that doesn't. Kind of stuff, it's it's a blanket uh, ban, so it doesn't even. And um, but an estimated one percent of transgender troops. We talked. We said ten thousand estimated do serve. Only one percent have had the surgery. Um, I don't know how many would be considering. But the idea is okay. Well, this is a very small minority of people who identify as transgender, mm-hmm. who would ha- you know as far as the medical cost argument goes. Now. 
It's weird because traditionally Republicans don't care how much something costs when it comes to the military okay. or defense. They're like, spend it, spend right. it, spend it, spend it, troops, troops, troops. So the, the money argument, the fiscal argument isn't very strong to me. Yeah, um, that's not even the part I'm really, but that's a small, minute part of it. It's, it's the, right. under, like just those those terms you just used. I'm like, I don't even know how to explain half those terms you just used. Well, yeah. And I don't think most people do. I, I, for me, being in the community um, amongst my uh, peers who have served, and to hear the stories of coming home after serving with don't ask, don't tell. Like before they couldn't mm-hmm. be authentically who they wanted to be. Yeah. So let's just take the, the um, transgender off the table. How yeah. many people who have served this country in a dignified way who could not even express who they loved daily? And so when we talk about veterans who are homeless and mental illness and so on and so forth, mm-hmm. all of these things are affected down the line when we're talking about individuals who have given their commitment to serve their country and who have to come back with so many disorders based on their mental state because of things like this. That's not even really talked about from the standpoint of an individual. It's talked about from the standpoint from dissecting what we had to go through. Like you say, the checkpoint, the money, and why we're not even considering this. Like, it's so broad, but at the end of the day, these are people's lives. I'd be really interested to hear that, too, because I do feel like it's important to figure out how people feel who are actually serving. Like, Mm -hmm. it's one thing, and that's the thing about policy so much, is that it's it's done in in a certain space. Like, President Trump has dodged military service more times than yeah, anyone else. Yeah, jury duty too for that man, I believe. Right, so for him to be the person to say, you know what, this is what we're going to do, it just feels like, it feels like a person from the outside making a decision about something that they can't. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, I would like to know a bigger, a better articulated you know, argument or discussion about why this could be an issue. Because to me, obviously as a civilian, it feels very much like whoever will go. Right. You know, like Isaiah 6, send me. Whoever (laughs) will make that sacrifice is is more than okay in my book. Well, but it it segues to, and I'm probably going to do a show on this. It segues to Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. Mm -hmm. Now we're having this middle of the road thing where Boy Scouts now, one of them has already crossed over. I think it was... I don't know if it was the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts, but one of them has already crossed over to accept the other one in it and changed the name. So I believe the Boy Scouts have become just the Scouts and the the Girl Scouts were actually very uh, upset about it. Yeah. Again, these conversations have to be had, but they're so hard to have. It's like, so now you're letting girls in, but your design is to teach boys uh, skills that boys would need. Which not to say the girls would need them, but there's, I'm sure there's certain things they discuss. But even if you don't want to change it, you offer the same thing that you would do for either. If you're going to have cooking classes for the for the Girl Scouts, have them for the Boy Scouts. If so you're going to have, be equal, equal, yeah, equal. you have to do an equal. Um, Which is fine, but actually, I think I agree with what the Girl Scouts were saying. It was like, I guess because. The argument typically is there's no alternative. Mm-hmm. There is an alternative because for Boy Scouts, there's Girl Scouts. So there is an alternative. So how do we get in the middle on that? Because that's usually the argument. There's no, I want to do this, but there's no alternative for me to be able to do this for who I am. Well, there but is an alternative. I was a Girl Scout and I would have rather have been in a Boy Scouts because they did far greater things. I was going to say, how was that experience? Like, I didn't want like so. what? Like, oh my God. Like, climb a tree? Did you, did you really want to climb a tree? <laughs> no, I, yes, I did. Wow. You know what? I'm about to say, you probably didn't want to climb a tree. Oh, you, know, you probably didn't want to climb a tree. I mean, I'm, I, there's, there's an, a I healthy alternative. <laughs> I was going to say, there's, I climb trees. Fine. But if that's the case, then I think there should, at this point, where we're at, there should be a third option. Okay. Boy well, Scouts, Girl Scouts, uh, something, the Get Along Scouts. <laughs> and you can the do it. 
or the hybrid scouts. You can get a mixture of both. I, I don't Lord think Tampa. Jesus. It's the same argument, the same thing I said about Burton Ernie when we talked about Burton Ernie that mm-hmm. week. It is not Sesame Street's job to present everybody that now sits at this very long table on Sesame Street. Sesame Street was designed with one goal and one objective, and they do that. Now, if you want to talk about how you feel like Bert and Ernie go together and they're a married <laughs> couple, then you go create an, uh, you go create an alternative show okay. that deals with that. But to expect Sesame Street to deal with something like that, I don't think that's fair. Yeah. And I kind of feel like the same thing with the Girl Scouts and the Boy Scouts. Create a hybrid. It, it, that's a hybrid of the two that somebody can go to. But to force either one of them, I don't think that's fair. And I don't think that's what they were designed to do. But that's just my opinion. We're, I wonder if they were accepting trans uh, w- boys or girls into the scouts. I wonder if that, I think, I don't know if that was the origination of the issue, but I'm sure it's come up. Like whether or not, if you are a trans. Well, I think the issue was kind of what Erica was saying, that she would have liked to climb a tree or something. And well, the sure. Girl Scouts didn't offer that. Well, sure. Uh, then that's but fine. But if they approached that fairly, like if you're, a, if you're trans, like say you want to join Boy Scouts, you're trans, so you're a male. Is that going to be an issue? Like, as long as there's full acceptance, I feel like you could probably keep it going. But if there's ever a situation where they're like, well, listen, whether you're, you have to be biologically male, then I'm like, okay, well, you're probably going to lose this argument. Like, yeah, some of these things are more than just discussions. Some of these things have to be, like, more psychological to understand the needs of... Because for you to tell, because I had a, a party one time and, and one of the... I think it was a girl who identified as a boy. And I divided them up, girls and boys. I couldn't tell the difference. But she was like, well, I... I think I called her a girl and she's like well I'm a boy and then her parents were like well she's actually a boy who identifies as a girl and I'm like well this is a kids party so what am I supposed to do at this point like I'm like okay well you let her choose where she wants to go yeah but then the other the boys are just like why is she on our team she's a girl and then the girl's like, well, she don't want to be on our team. So I'm just like, they're kids. I guess I'm old school. So I'm like, letting a child decide their their uh, gender when they're five well, here's where this has come up, too. This has come up in athletics for high school because high school high schoolers are technically minors. Right. But there have been trans uh, trans women, ath- trans female athletes competing in um, like track or cross country, um, born biologically male that have actually upset a lot of parents in different places around the country because they do believe that there's an advantage between being male and female, especially when it comes to athletics. And there is a difference, I think, in terms of muscle generation. Yeah, like, And there may be a few other areas, but I know that that's, I think, the most well-documented is that men do develop muscle at faster rates than women develop muscle given the same same athletic, uh, you know, same age, same everything else. So that's when you get into a problem of like, okay, well, should everything be exactly? I think when it comes to high school, that's one thing. And sports is very, I mean, sports can a lot of times be, you play track in high school, you play track in college. So there's major future implications for whether or not you're saying, okay, well, this person can't run track. I just, there's so many other things. It's an identity journey that you start, I feel like maybe middle school, definitely in high school. And you having to pick your gender just on top of what you're going to already have to figure out anyway, is just a lot to me. Like it's, they're a What's grown the adults. Alternative? What's the alternative? I don't know. I guess I'm old. Because I don't <laughs> well, know. You just, you just I kinda... mean, there, even now, there's this thing with no labels. And so people don't want to be associated with either or. They just want to be. I don't right. know what. <laughs> right. I don't, that's that old school. That's true. I get that. This is how we were raised. This is what well, we were but taught. Yeah, but, then, but remember, we are still talking about two different body types. A man is, is structured away. A woman is structured away. So to say that I don't want to be bothered with either one, who's going to sit down and, do and explain you to your body? Because if you say, I don't, I don't want to know. I'm just, I'm just me. 
Well, who's going to explain for a female? Who's going to explain to you about the period thing, have, menstrual cycles? I think cycles we and, have to learn to allow people to be them, and they will ask those questions. And if that is what they're presenting to their parents, then that's a job for their parents to sit down and have a discussion with. And I think it, where it always comes down to is that the other group, so that there's always people who just want to be who they are, but they're the policy comes into when other people feel robbed or cheated some way by that, mm -hmm. by you being who you are. So when it comes to something like Girl Scouts or Boy Scouts, I feel like at the end of the day, this is elective. You're not forced to join a mm -hmm. scout. So if you, so I feel like when there's a situation that you don't have to do this, I think there's a lot of leeway for individual rights and individual freedom. It's mm -hmm. like, I really don't know why the scouts as a 501c3, maybe, they, well, maybe that's exactly the problem, that they're not a private corporation but couldn't just be like, listen, this is for biologically male kids and we're going to do all the scavenger hunting and all the tree climbing. <laughs> exactly. I'm serious, I'm serious. All the fun stuff. But if you're a 501c3, okay, well now you're tax exempt, right? So now you're benefiting, now you're public service, so now you really do need to come I mean, personally, public. I've always felt like the Girl Scouts had it better. I mean, y'all get to sell Girl Scout cookies. We don't sell Boy Scout cookies. I mean, y'all make a killing off them sell things. Popcorn. Oh, please, please. Y'all make, make a killing. killing off them cookies. Right. There's a whole bunch of little there are people who are, There are people who are counting down the calendar days to February where they can get a box of them cookies. So I don't, I, I, look, I just think, again, I don't have a problem with it. I just think you, you should have to create a, a hybrid program. And I don't think you should be able to force people to say, especially age old entities that have been doing what they do. For the longest to say you gotta do it. And actually I'll, I was actually I'll keep surprised. Saying this, this is a world that's changing it is. rapidly. And we Change have is an understatement. Have, but we have to have a conversation. <laughs> that's an understatement. But this is the thing, you have to have a conversation. You can't. But these are more than conversations. <laughs> like this is a whole different this is a whole paradigm shift. Like I don't it's and a whole then paradigm the scary shift. part is the person that's at the helm of this paradigm shift is Trump. Like, who doesn't talk about much of anything right. outside of two words? I mean, I, <laughs> if Obama was taking care of this and he had um, Sister Michelle beside him, okay. But we talk about Trump trying to lead a whole new paradigm of things that we've had in structural uh, designs for decades, actually centuries at this point, that are now coming down. And they're not slowly coming down. They're coming down like the walls of Jericho. Oh, and, you know, the person at the, at the helm of this is, is President Trump. Like, I... And the reality is, he may be in office for another two, years, another four years at this point. Like oh, yeah, right now, it is not looking possible. good. So, you think so? Yeah. It, it makes me extremely sure. nervous. Like, I, what I will say is that there's something to be said about a private organization, a private entity versus a public one. Which it sounds very basic, but I think because we, when we talked about the gay cakes situation. Yeah, that, I, was here for, I was here for that. Yeah, I was definitely here. Uh, that, that was that was Erica's. Uh, that was the show she was on. That's where it fell back. Was like, okay, well, I'm private. I'm not a public. You know what I mean? A public facing thing. So anyway. I yeah, but the problem with public, that same thing we talked about that day. The problem with public, I mean, private is now I get to call more shots, and now I can be uh, less exclusive or more exclusive to the people I want to be exclusive to. And that's what we were talking about that day with the Kate. I was like, okay, so we say to him. Okay, well, it's okay for you to do that because of religious freedoms, then that starts a whole avalanche of other stuff. Well, my religious belief said that I don't have to serve African Americans. Well, why is that? Because, you know, one of the verses was describing Jesus, and I don't feel like he was blah, blah, blah. You can start hiding behind scriptures and all kinds of stuff. You start doing that kind of stuff. So that makes me nervous, too. We were to make the Boy Scouts or the Girl Scouts a private organization. Well, some of the kids, I think they were at my job this weekend. And some of those kids, they were. it was actually beautiful because they were so diverse. Mm -hmm. Like, it was little okay. girls from all over, like, different walks, different ethnicities, which I'm sure they supplement 
with them Girl Scout cookies. They <laughs> supplement the cost of their program. So, you know, kids but I think with normally, the whole thing, having a conversation, it makes you think about different things outside of the box. What else can we do besides Girl Scout or Boy Scouts? Um, if this is presented, what else can we look at? to Because to, even with the cake, like I said, if you don't want to make my cake, I don't even want to eat your cake. <laughs> so right. I'm going to go somewhere right. where they're going to patronize, that I can patronize them and they want my money, not because of who I'm getting ready to marry, right. just because they enjoy making cakes Right. at and the end of the day. So with us having this conversation, it is forcing us to do something differently. And that's all I'm saying. We got to stretch beyond the box of what we were taught for so many years and how we just got along and get along and to really look at everybody differently and allow them to have a seat at the table. RBNX Radio.